please take your seats. Cool. So I'm hoping I'm not going to be too hoarse today because I went to a fantastic women's conference yesterday. Give me a shout, all the ladies who came yesterday. Woo! It was amazing. And there was lots of screaming and yelping and worship and talking. So like, but I've still got quite a few thousand words left for today, haven't I? So are you ready? We've got till 6 p.m. So let's, let's make a start, shall we? Not really, people. Right, so I want to start with a story because we all love a story. And this is about a journey Dan, my husband and I had on the way back from a wedding. We went to a fantastic wedding a few years ago in the middle of the country, people. It was in a big manor house and we had an amazing time and we left the wedding reception really late. And we went, when we walked out of the doors of the manor house, there was a massive storm taking place. There was thunder and lightning and a torrential rain and we had to make our way out of this wedding. So as I said, it was in the country. So we had the whole country lanes to manoeuvre. There were trees down, so we had to do a lot of diversions. You could hardly see out of the windscreen because the rain was pummeling the windscreen. And it's literally one of them, you know, when you drive, you're like, that close, like, I can't see what's going on. And we kept going down all these windy roads, all these little crooked lanes, and I was just longing to get back onto the motorway. You know, when you just want a straight ride, like, come on. And we'd get to the point of where we're meant to join the motorway, and guess what? The old yellow and black diversion signs were up. We're like, oh no, so we had another diversion. And it felt like we were in a film set, you know, there was gonna be some like axe murderer would come out any moment down these country lanes, but Dan saved me, so it was fine. But eventually we got back onto the M25. And it's like, yes, we're on our way home now. And we could cope with that because the road was straight and direct. And it says in Proverbs 3, verses five and six, trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. And I love what it says there. And Pastor Peter actually shared this verse last week. And the part of the verse that I want to home in on is when we submit to God, when we trust him with all of our heart, and we don't lean on our own understanding and do it our way, he will make our path straight. He will make our journey of faith straight. You see, all through the word of God, the Lord talks about making crooked paths straight. He says that he will make a way through the wilderness for us. He will make a way where there seems to be no way. He'll be a light unto our path and a lamp unto our feet. He will put the things that are wrong right because he can, because he is almighty God. And when we trust in him and when we submit to his ways and we journey the way he has for us, he will make all the crooked paths straight. And so I want to take us on a journey today. Are you ready to go on a journey with me, church? Cool, because I've got some stuff to share with you. But when we've accepted Jesus as our Lord and Saviour, who knows that we're on a journey of transformation? We're on a journey of coming out of the old man and the old woman and becoming more like our Saviour. We're on an amazing journey, and every day we can look and reflect Jesus better. You know, we should look better spiritually than we did last week, because we're on a transformation journey. If I read with you 2 Corinthians 3, verse 18. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. And I love this verse. 
Because it's saying we're not called to be the same. That once we've come into that relationship with Jesus and we've been set free from our past, the old man has died and the new man or the new woman rises up. And we are being transformed from glory to glory into the likeness of Jesus. And it's like holding up a mirror. Imagine you've got a mirror in front of you today. And when you look in that mirror, I want to unpack this message and show you that actually when you look in, you're not seeing yourself and all your faults and all the things that are wrong about your life. But you are looking and you're beholding the glory of our Saviour, Jesus. That we are being transformed, we've been redeemed, and we're going from glory to glory and strength to strength. And I want to encourage you in that today, that God has chosen you, he's called you, he's forgiven you, he's healed you, and he has a plan and a purpose for your life. So we're going to go on this journey this morning. So get your spiritual mirrors ready. But it's important to start with a natural mirror. Because I had an incident a few weeks ago. We'd gone out very early for a breakfast, and I had a lovely luxury hot chocolate. You know the one, all the marshmallows, all the cream, all the amazing hot chocolate. And I drank it in my big mug, and I was like, ah, this is amazing. And all day, I hadn't looked in the mirror till the evening. And I looked, and I was with people all day, with certain people all day. And um, no one had mentioned that I had a big rim of hot chocolate across my nose the whole day. And I thought, maybe people thought it was a mask, I don't know, you know, it was just, it was there. And I looked at the mirror, I thought, what is that? I thought, is it a moustache, but it's a bit high. And I didn't realise, so I said to Dan, what's that? So I hadn't really looked close enough at you. I was like, well, thanks for that. But sometimes we can look in the mirror and think, oh, no. That's not right. I've had that all day or, or worse on our faces. But I'll share with you a funny story about my brother because he hasn't often appeared in my preaches. So he might watch this one and he's got a guest appearance today. But a true story about my brother. So after lockdown, the first lockdown, when all the hairdressers were shut, his hair was like bouffant. He was like, oh, I'm desperate for a haircut. So it was Saturday morning. So we decided to go out to the barber shop and get his haircut. So he turned up at Wellham's. And this is such a true story, and I'm not exaggerating, it's so funny, so I can't wait to share it with you. But it turns up at Wellham's hairdress um, barber shop, and there's a queue of men, and he's like, oh, I've got loads to do, but I'm desperate to have the haircut, it's looking terrible. So he starts to queue up, and there's a group of four lads, and they said, it's all right, mate, you can go ahead of us, we can see you're busy, you know, you can jump the queue. So my brother's like, no, I'm British, I, I queue, this, this is what we do, we, we join a queue. They said, no, mate, it's all right, you go to the front of the queue and get your hair done. So my brother was like, oh, the favour of the Lord is on me. I've beat the queue. So he goes into the hairdressers and in the corner is the proprietor of the hairdressers. His name's Rodney. Rodney's about 75, 76, long past retirement, but he still wants to do his job, praise the Lord. So he's in there, so my brother sits down and is chatting away. Oh, I haven't been to the hairdressers for eight months now. I can't wait to get this bouffant sorted out. So Rodney's like, sit back, sir, and enjoy. My brother's a chatterbox, as many of you might know who know him. Johnny still knows him. And he started to have his hair cut, and it was all brilliant. Until the moment Rodney holds up the mirror and says, there you go, sir, and shows in the mirror. And my brother looks. He walked in that barber shop as 30-something. He was going to walk out looking 75. <laughs> because the haircut that Rodney had done was Rodney's one and only haircut. And it was his. And he'd ended up getting this side part in from one side of his hair, and like, it all pulled over. And all sort of shaved at the back. And my brother was like, oh, and he said, I was in such shock when I looked in the mirror. I was like, that's me, but that's, that's not me. So he said, I paid out and the four lads sniggering on the sofa went, all right, mate, let, let you in front. 
So he came out the shop and he's like, oh, what am I going to do? My wife will kill me when I get home. It looks terrible. So he's looking at the reflection in the shop windows. There's a barber shop four doors down. So he walks in and there's not much of a queue. He stands there and the owner comes over and went, you've been to Wellham's? <laughs> yeah. D did you have Rodney? He went, yeah, sit down, mate. I'll sort that out for you. And then he came out with like an 18-year-old haircut. He looked so cool. He went back to his wife. She's like, hello, what's going on here? But he didn't recognise himself in the mirror because it wasn't his hairdo. And now he had an even different hairdo. But he didn't like what he saw, so he decided to get it fixed. And, you know, I believe that as Christians, as followers of Jesus, there's a reflection in the mirror that we're called to be. And yet we have a very real enemy who wants to distort what we see in the mirror of who we are, whose we are, and what we're called to do. And you know those fairground mirrors? We've all been to that hall of mirrors when you go in. And it's you, but it's not you, because you go in and your legs are suddenly really stumpy and your face is really long and you look really out of sorts because it's a distorted reflection in the mirror. And I believe the enemy wants to distort you because the enemy wants to tell you that you're not good enough. He wants to tell you that you're not forgiven enough, that you're not called enough, that you're not loved enough, that you are just not enough and you might as well give up and just stay stuck where you are. But Lord tells you that you are enough because when you look in that mirror, in that spiritual mirror, you're reflecting the glory of Jesus. That once we become saved, we become forgiven and we become set free, we become healed, we become called and we become blessed. And so I want to have some mirror moments with you this morning. I've got four areas where I want you to look in the mirror. And I just want to say that this is a message for the guys as well. Because when we talk about reflection in the mirror, we think immediately of our image. But I'm talking about the spirit man. I'm talking about have that reflection. And guys, you need to know this today as well. God wants to speak to you. He wants to show you your identity and him and remind you of who you are and who you're called to be this morning so this is for everybody so the first mirror moment I want us to have is when you hold up that spiritual mirror you are forgiven you are forgiven when you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior you are forgiven and I want to remind us of that moment that God saw that it wasn't enough to keep sacrificing animals it wasn't enough for the people to keep coming and giving that blood sacrifice to come and be cleansed of all their sin and come into the presence of God he saw that we can't keep doing that and so he sent his one and only son to die on the cross to live a completely sinless life and to die in the place of you you and I so that his blood would be poured out that would give us our salvation that his body would be broken to give us our healing that he would die in the place for all the sin and the mess ups and the things that I do wrong all the time and so that when I look in that mirror I see God sees Jesus and he sees that he paid the price for me and I want to remind us of that this morning of the grace and the love of God that he wanted relationship with you and I so much that he said I'm going to send my son what a cost what that cost him and in that moment when Jesus and his dying breath it's like God couldn't look on his son in that dying moment but he did that so that you and I would have redemption and have salvation and be set free from the sin that binds and hold us. And I want to remind you of that this morning, that you are forgiven. So when the enemy keeps wanting to come to you and remind you of your past and all the stuff you've done wrong and the things that you thought wrong yesterday and last week and that terrible thing you did all those years ago, I want to tell you today, forgiven and not guilty and set free and to remind you of that mirror moment.
If we look at 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And I just love that. So that we, the ones that should be condemned, and the ones that are sinners, can become the righteousness of God because of Jesus. Aren't we grateful this morning, church, for Jesus, for the price that he paid to set us free? And then we find our identity in Jesus because then we're called sons and daughters of God. You know, God loves us so much. I want to remind you of the love of God today. Don't ever forget the love of God that he made a way so you can be right with him because he wants relationship with you. He wants you to be in his presence. And so when we look at that mirror, we reflect Jesus. We reflect the glory of God, that we are made right with God. That's all righteousness means. You are made right with God for eternity. God is faithful to forgive your sins and your failures, your past, even the things you're thinking about now, the stuff you know that's getting in the way, God is faithful for to, to forgive them if we confess them to him. Stop letting the enemy get you tied up in knots. Stop letting the enemy say you're not good enough, that you don't reflect God well, that you're not a good Christian. He always wants to pull that one out of the bag, isn't he? What about him? So much better than you. What about her? She lives a life so much better than you. Don't live under guilt and condemnation because Jesus has set you free and you're the righteousness of Christ and he loves you. Let me remind you of that today. 1 John 1 verse 9. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all righteousness. If we confess and we repent, it's about coming back to that place of repentance saying, God, I know I've messed up. I know I've done that wrong. I know I've thought that wrong. I know I'm living below what you've called me to live and I'm confessing it to you and you are faithful and just to forgive me and you forget my sin as far as the east is from the west. And so when I look in that mirror, I see not all the stuff I do wrong, but I reflect the glory of Jesus. Can I remind you of that this morning? It's not too late to get right with God. So you are forgiven, number one. Number two, the mirror reflects your healing. You are healed, church. You are healed this morning. 1 Peter 2, verse 24. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. And that amazing exchange took place on the cross. That when Jesus' body was literally broken for us, it made us whole. Because of his brokenness, we are whole. And God can heal us from every past hurt. He can heal us from every past wound, from every healing, whether that's physical, emotional. He can heal you from that. Everything that goes on in the mind, God has the power to do that because of what Jesus did on the cross. And we can be completely healed. He can right the wrongs. He can make the crooked path straight. In his brokenness, we are made whole. And I want to remind you of that this morning. So whatever has affected you from many years ago, and you think that is still affecting me now, because of his brokenness, accept your healing and your wholeness today. God will heal you. Can I remind you of that today?
You know, and he sends people to help us, doesn't he, in the healing process. You know, there's a verse I'm going to read in a minute, but I don't want it up there yet because I want to say to you, I'm sure you know this part of the verse. Is everybody familiar with the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective? We know that one, don't we? We reel that off in the prayer meeting, don't we? Because that's the truth. Because the prayer of a righteous made right with God are powerful and effective. But the first part of the verse I find very interesting. And it's James 5 verse 16. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. And I love that because, you see, God uses us as a church family. As people here today, we've talked a lot about building God's house in the last few weeks of church. And we're called to be family together. We're called to do life together. We're called to be not on the outside of church or on the sidelines, but we're called to be in the community of church. And we have connect groups and we have prayer groups and we have one-on-one -on -one conversations with each other. Because God uses us to help each other. Because when we confess what's going on in our life, when we say, do you know, I have got this stuff, this sin I know is messing me up, we have the power to pray for each other and to see the healing come. And whether that's emotional, whether that's a healing from the sin we're going through, or whether that's a physical healing we need, it says the prayer of a powerful person, of a righteous person is powerful and effective. So we have the power to do that, but we need each other. And I want to say we need each other. We need to help each other through stuff. You know, sometimes there's things we've gone through many years ago that is painful still, and we know it's there and we've pushed it down. But I really believe it's time for it to come up to the surface so we can be set free from it and we can move on in our calling and the life God has called us to so you are healed and I want to encourage you to pray with people to confess stuff to help whatever you're going through so we can help each other get free you are healed I want to remind you of that this morning the third one is the mirror reflects your calling do you know every single person under the sound of my voice is called by God yeah. everyone has a plan and a purpose for their life Everyone does, and that is the truth. 2 Timothy 1 verse 9. He has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. I love that. He's called us. He's called you to a holy life, to be righteous, to be set apart, to live for Jesus, not because of what we've done, but because of what he's done. And I love the fact that before the beginning of time, before you were even born, God chose to forgive you through his son Jesus. He had a plan and a purpose for your life, that you have a calling on your life. And I want to stir up the calling in each of us. Everyone has a calling. Don't just look at somebody in here and think, well, they're called, but you're called. God has called and chosen you. And we need to let his voice and his word shape our calling. We need to listen to him. God, what do I do in this season? What are you calling me to now? Where do I need to go? What do I need to do? What's the bigger picture? God, I want to get your perspective on it. Where are you purposing me for now? What is the call on my life? Where have I not lined up with your calling? Where does the crooked path need to be made straight so that I can live for you and fulfill the purpose that you've called me to on this earth? We have all got calling. But the truth is, there's another person calling us called the world. And the world wants to call you. 
And the world wants to shape you. You see, the world wants to entice you and get your attention. And it's very attractive. And it wants to call you and lure you in. It's enticing. Once you go down its path, and we have to be careful not to drift into the path of the world because it can be alluring. But the truth is God's path is always better for us. He's the only one that will get full satisfaction and fulfillment in. And he's calling us his way. And as I prepared this, I just had this picture just came to me and I want to share it with you. And it was Jesus, and he was standing on the shore of the sea. And we were the church represented in a boat. And we're on the shore, and we're right up close to where Jesus is. And he's on the shore of the sea, and we can hear him so clearly. And he's standing there, and he's like, my church, my church, I'm calling you. I'm calling you. But something happens, you see, the current comes, and this represents the world. And the current starts to move the boat away from the shore. And we start to get drifting a little bit. And it's only a little bit at a time. But as we start to drift out, we're sort of moving away from Jesus. And he's on the shore and he's saying, hey, over here, I'm calling you. Don't get distracted by what the world has to offer. Don't go down that path. Don't have to measure up to the mold and the shape that the world wants you to fit in. Because I'm calling you. You're called apart. You're called separate from that. You're called not to blend in. You're called to stand out. And Jesus on the shore and the boat drifts a little bit more. And he's saying, hey, I'm over here. If you seek me first and my kingdom, all the things that you need will be added to you. But I'm calling you over here, church. I'm, I'm over this side. Hey, I'm over here. But as the boat drifts, you see, we can't hear him as well. Because the waves start to push the boat and the current of the world is calling us out. And he's saying, hey, I'm over here, church. I'm here. This is the path I've got for you. I'm over here. But we're trying to lean in because we can't hear, because we got distracted by the job and the career and the family and the finance and the popularity and the enticement of the world. And we're like over here, but Jesus is saying, but if you come my way, I'll make your crooked path straight and I'll be the one that will guide your steps. And you know what? You'll only be satisfied when you're doing the calling and purpose that I bore you for, that I put you on this earth for. And so I'm saying it's time to come back. And then as I had the picture, it's like then the church realized, hey, hey, he's, we've drifted. Hold on, he's over there. And you know what we do? We get out our oars and we start to row back towards the shore so we can be anchored to the one who directs our path and be anchored to the one who's showing us the way to go because our callings are so important. And you know, your calling is as important as your calling because it ties in with your calling and together we can be the church that impacts the world. So we'll stir you this morning. You know, Jesus is looking for followers and not fans. We can be a fan of Jesus and oh, he's so good and, and I know his ministry and I read the word and, and he's just so good, but you know, I'm busy. But no, fans know about the person, but followers are intimate with the person because they have relationship. And he's calling, he's saying, follow me, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Follow me, I have a plan and a purpose for your life. And the plan and the purpose he has is always bigger than you think because it's bigger than you. And it's more amazing than you could ask, hope, or imagine. But we just have to trust him and follow him. And how do we follow? Step by step by step. We keep following. I want to encourage you in that today. You know, Jesus always brings enlargement to our lives. Jesus always desires to make your life so overflow in every area of your life. That's his purpose for your life so that you can go and impact a lost and dying world and you can do the calling that he's called you to you are called 
I want to say for some people, I think your calling's got too small. Well, I'll just do this, and I'll just fit in this, and I'll just keep going that way. But Jesus is saying, no, stretch. It's time to enlarge. It's time to think bigger. What could Almighty God do with a Christian who says, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to put you first. I'm not going to trust in my own ways or lean on my own understanding, but I'm going to run after what you have for me, Jesus. When we submit to his ways, it's only going to get better and bigger. I want to encourage you. I was reminded of Isaiah 54, verses 2 to 3. Enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes, for you shall expand to the right and to the left, and your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. I love that. Come on, let's stretch out. Let's think again. God, I want to live for you. I want to live for your kingdom. I want to be purposeful. I want to live to the calling that you've called me to, and I'm going to stretch out. Stretch out a bit more. Because when we stretch out, we make room for more people. And when we stretch out, what does it say? Your descendants will inherit the nations. It's not just about us. It's about those coming up behind us. We've got to stretch out. We've got to make more room for God to get bigger on the inside. As we had at the women's conference yesterday, it's time to get up. It's time to get up, church, on the inside. It's time to get up and be about God's business because he's going to expand and enlarge so more people can get in. So you are called, and he's got such a purpose. And the thing is, some people be like, oh, if I'm called, he's going to send me somewhere I don't want to go. No, the God of all creation created you. He knows your innermost being. He knows what makes you tick. He knows the likes and the dislikes. So he's going to line up his purpose and plan for your life with what he's put in there. He's gifted you to do that. He's got the grace for you to do that. He's called you. So let's all run our race so well. As Paul tells us to, let's run with dedication and purpose towards the prize, which is Christ Jesus. Let's run well. No one's meant to be a carbon copy of anyone else. You're not meant to look like someone else. You're not meant to be like someone else. You're called to be who you are and to run your race well. So I want to encourage you this morning. You are precious to God and he has a calling on your life. The mirror reflects that you are blessed. You are blessed, church. Remember that. Look in that mirror. I am blessed. Psalm 1, verses 1 to 3. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. And there's so much meat on the bones of that. I really liked reading this. Because it's saying that blessed are those who follow God. Blessed are those who made that decision. You know, I'm not going to go the way the world wants me to. I'm making that commitment to God, and I'm right with God, and I'm called, and I'm loved, and I'm blessed, and I'm forgiven, and I'm going to go after God. I'm going to live for him. Blessed are those. They don't walk in the way of the wicked. They don't go that way. They go this way. They take the straight path over the crooked path because they're living for Jesus. And they are blessed. And they delight in the law. They delight in the word of God. They delight in meditation on the word of God, eating the word of God. They delight in being in relationship with God. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water. You see, there's a constant supply of water for the tree to grow. And I love that it says it bears fruit in every season. Because who knows there's a season for strawberries. 
They're not all year round, unfortunately, because I love a strawberry. But there are seasons for certain fruits. But this is saying that there's fruit in every season. And in every way, we will prosper. But I looked at this and I thought, the fruit, you see, what should the reflection of the fruit look like in our lives? You see, I hope as a Christian that when I meet somebody, somebody doesn't say, oh, she's the most joyless person I've ever met. (laughs) Or she is so stingy. She is so impatient. I mean, can you believe it? You see her in the queue for the hairdressers, you know, it's like straight out the door. She is so unkind. She is so faithless. I mean, I'd hate someone to describe me like that, but actually when we look in the mirror, do you know what God's saying? I want you to be full of the fruit of the Spirit, for your joy and your peace and your patience and your self-control and your generosity and your kindness. That's what we should reflect. We look in the mirror, that's who we are because that's who God's called us to be. And even when we don't feel joyful, the joy of the Lord is our strength. We can be joyful. We can be kind. We can be generous. We have self-control. And encourage you, the fruit of the Spirit in every season. We have this in our life in abundance. Come on, people. This is who we are. Can I remind you? And it says that their leaf does not wither. Now, I've got some plants at home. Unfortunately, their leaves have withered a bit because of either overwatered or underwatered. You know, it's like Dan says, plants come to our house. And he almost talks to them on the way and says, they come here to die. Sorry about that. But, you know. I'm trying, people. I am trying. Any green-fingered people that could help me, that would be great. But it's horrible when you see a withered leaf, isn't it? But this is saying we'll not wither because we've got that constant source of the water, which is our God, and that we'll bear fruit in every season. Now, whatever they do, they prosper. And I love there's two of unpacked prosper here because in the Hebrew, prosper means to push forwards, to break out, to go over, to be met, to be good to push forwards, to propel forwards, to prosper. And in the Greek, it means to have help on the road. So that's so interesting that God is saying, I'm going to prosper you in every season, that you're going to have help on this journey because I'm going to make your crooked path straight. I'm going to right the wrongs. I'm going to make the road that way for you to follow me so you know which direction to go, that we're called to prosper. We need to take off the limits and push forwards in our calling and in our blessing to know that we are blessed. So when you're going through stuff in life, I want you to remember to look in the mirror and see the clear reflection that you are forgiven, that you are healed, that you have a calling, that you are blessed. And to remind yourself of that every day, to see your true reflection. Because like I said, all the enemy wants to do is show you a picture of who you used to be and take you back to your past and show you all your mistakes. But that's not what God sees because he sees you through the eyes of Jesus and you're being transformed from glory to glory. So whatever is going on in your life right now, can you take the time to look spiritually and say, I want to be transformed. I want to be more like you, Jesus, than I was last Sunday. I want to be more like you next Sunday because I'm on this journey of being glorified from glory to glory in Christ Jesus. You're forgiven, you're healed, you're called, and you are blessed. And I believe that when the church lives like that as you as a representative of the church do you know you're at your most attractive when you reflect Jesus well because people want a bit of that fruit they want a bit of that why have you got so much joy 
Why are you so kind all the time? Why are you so generous? Why are you got so much self-control? Well, I can see something different in you. And it's like we then hold up the mirror to the lost, those who don't yet know Jesus. And we can say, when you look in the mirror, you too can be forgiven. You too can be healed of everything that's hurt you, past and present. You too can be blessed. You too can be called because God wants out there to know of his goodness and his love and his grace and his mercy and the plan and purpose that he has for every human being on this planet. So I want to encourage you, church, let's get our reflection right so that we can hold it up and reflect it out there, outside there, so that people will come in. We have the opportunity every day, as Pastor Barry said, even in that moment before the preach, that actually, who are you going to be kind to this week? Who are you going to reflect that glory of God? Who are you going to bring some joy who needs joy in their life this week? We have that calling. We need to make some room for some more people, church, don't we? So I'd love to ask you to stand because I'd love to pray with you this morning. Just if you want to close your eyes, raise your hands, just feel comfortable in what you want to do. But Father God, I want to thank you for today. I want to pray, Lord God, that through this message, that you would speak to every heart to know who they really are in you. That their identity would be found in you, Lord God. That you have made them right, Father. That you have forgiven them. That you love them so much that you sent your one and only Son to die in their place. Father, that you see people here as right. You see people here as healed. I want to pray, Father, for anyone who needs healing in this place. Whether it's emotional healing, physical healing, mental healing. I want to pray, Lord God, that you would heal your people, Father. Lord God, that you come by your spirit. Father, that you can make broken things whole. You are a great restorer. And I pray, Father, for anyone that's been through anything here, Lord God, that you would bring restoration and you'd bring new life and new hope over their lives, Lord God. Father, for every purpose and every calling on every person here, I want to pray you'd call it out this morning, Father. Where they've been stuck on the lane, where the trees come down in the path and they feel like I'm stuck in my purpose and my calling, that you would come by your spirit and you breathe new life over every person here to know they're called and they are chosen that you have a plan and purpose for their life Lord God they'd make that decision to row the boat back to the shore this morning and say Jesus I'm back I'm back Lord God because you're calling us back Father Lord God that you just pour out your spirit on each person now to know Father who they are in you Lord God we thank you that you've chosen us we thank you that you've blessed us Father we thank you that you are a mighty God and we choose to follow you and serve you all the days of our lives. Thank you, Lord. I just want to give opportunity. This morning, maybe you've never said yes to Jesus. Or maybe you feel like, do you know what? I have drifted a bit and I want to come back. But I want to give you the opportunity because it's the best decision you'll ever make to say yes to Jesus. And I want to do a bit different today. I've asked the guys to put a prayer on the screens. And I want everyone to pray it together. And whether we're praying it for the first time or we're praying it multiple times, I want to pray that this will be a marker in the sand this morning on the 17th of October 2021 that we'll say, Jesus, my boat is rowing back.
to the shore. So we will speak, we'll say this together. We could have that up, guys. It'd be great. So this is the prayer. Okay, so dear Lord Jesus, I'm sorry for my sin. I acknowledge my need for you. I can't do this life without you. Thank you for dying on the cross and forgiving me. Come into my heart right now and change me from the inside out. And help me follow you all the days of my life. I repent, I turn from my ways and choose your ways. From this day on, be my saviour, be my Lord, be my best friend. In Jesus' name, Amen. And whether you've prayed it for the first time or you've prayed it to reignite something here, let's give God all the praise and all the glory today because this is amazing. In Jesus' name, Amen.